What's up, Waves? Today's episode is brought to you by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, cool products. For every State Bag purchase, State Bags hand delivers a backpack packed with essentials for American children in need. State Bags is offering our listeners 15% off using the code POD at statebags.com. That is P-O-D, POD, for 15% off your next purchase at State Bags. State Bags, they've got your back. Hey, 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 yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another illustrious episode of Weave Cast with your host, the host with the most, aka Chris, aka C Dub, aka the independent variable, aka uh, Mr. No More Soda, No More Coffee, um, Only Water, um, aka he's struggling, struggling. Um, but yeah, like I said, my November my November December water only challenge is only um days in. It's only days. It's been barely a week, just a little over a week and um it has been very 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 hard. And but I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um I think the real trick to be honest in my yearly water challenge is just eliminate anybody who I see, you know, because if I don't see my friends or see them or hear them talk about uh, drinking soda or having coffee, talk about Starbucks and all that great stuff, getting fast food and getting their, their large drinks with it, I do significantly better. My temptations get reduced. So people who have gotten near me going into the house, I'm like, hey, hey. I don't know soda talk, no coffee talk. Trust me, um, that's just gonna distract me. But I'm I'm hanging in strong. I'm hanging in strong, um, and I'm I'm gonna get through this personal challenge of mine. And I hope you guys join in on as well. Get a get a cup of water if you're listening to this, whether you're on your way to work, you're just chilling at home, relaxing, um, on a Friday afternoon. And you just wanna chill and listen to. Um, to the latest and the greatest in anime, anime, well, it's like any manga, but same thing, anime and manga news and topics and discussion, wherever you may be doing right now. Thank you for tuning in. Um, very much appreciate it because I got a lot of cool things coming down the pipeline. A few things that have got a little delayed, a few projects got delayed because I have, I have guests coming on and so I kind of pushed back a few projects, but Everything that I've promised, you will be hearing sometime very soon. Um, but like I said, thank you for tuning into the episode. Um, and I got a few things actually on the docket for today, to be honest, um, on this lovely, slightly overcast Friday where I'm at actually right now. And f- one of the things I'm going to get into today, well, there's three main things I'm going to get into in this episode today. Um, two smaller topics and then one larger topic uh, on the other half of this episode here. And the two smaller topics include Sword Art Online. And in particular, I'm going to be talking about some of the reasons why um, people have such a hard-on for hating and disliking Sword Art Online. And I'm going to preface it 
preface this right now because when when you probably hear me say that I don't know if you maybe you might be expecting that I'm gonna somehow defend Sword Art Online here, um, and I'm trust me I'm not gonna do that. Um, there are a few there are a few, it, it, the show itself does merit maybe a few things that needs to be defended, um, but I definitely won't be talking about them in this episode. Um, and this comes at a weird time as well because I know that Sword Art Online the progressive movie trailer dropped recently maybe I think about three or four days ago. By the time this episode drops, this might have been almost a week by now. Um, and it's, I think that New Orleans is getting, what, a 2021 release in Japanese theaters. I don't know when we might be getting an English release. Probably somewhere, somewhere down the line of next summer, at least for the States. But I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Um, the hatred of Sword Online, some of the reasons why, um, and just my thoughts on that. Um, the other thing, a little more topical, a little more recent... Um, and that's the basically anime and piracy. Uh, again, yeah, um, I, di- I think I did a whole thing on this weeks ago. But it, this topic seems to rear its, its ugly head, I, I feel like, every few months now. Um, and the, and the, the deviation of when these, these types of stories keep cropping up seems to get smaller and smaller um take that for everyone take that with a grain of salt or however you will because i mean i see it as a win um especially now that we're going we're moving into 20 at the end of 2020 moving into 2021 in a few months um anime and manga has been increasingly more and more readily available and under so many formats both free and behind a paywall and even the ones behind a paywall are substantially at a pretty low price um especially like the viz media shonen jump the manga plus crunchyroll funimation are just some of the big ones um but i'm going to get into that and then lastly uh i'm going to be talking about the ending of b stars um and my thoughts on the ending um i guess it ended about it's mid-October, beginning of October, in that first or second week of October, I believe. Um, and i kind of been sitting on it for a while after reading it. And I got some thoughts about it. Uh, it's it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a wild ride. Um, from the beginning to the end, highs and lows. A lot of highs. And, and for people who don't know, I've talked about it. I have, I have a whole B-Stars episode i believe it's actually one of my most uh listened and most listened download episodes it's like in the top five of my most downloaded episodes i believe but i i'm in i'm in love with this with this series it's one of my favorite manga uh, of all time and it, it was actually just one of my most interesting manga in just the last several years to be honest um it's an award-winning manga by uh uh, Park Itagagi, uh, Itaga, or Itaagi, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get the name right when I probably, when I start talking about it, but, um, and, uh, and for people who hasn't, who's mainly an anime watchers of Beastars, I'll let you guys know when I get to that part of the, of this episode, but there will be spoilers, um, I'll have another warning before I get to that, but just, just be prepared, prepared for that, but, um, Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, 
Um, that's what that's pretty much on the docket for this episode. Uh, and I, I kind of want to start with the Sword Art Online hatred. Um, I think it's just I, it's always been a it's almost kind of a joke or a meme to kind of hate on Sword Art Online and its various in, incarnations. Um, and to be honest, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, I thought the first season was competent, to say the least, and I thought the second season more or less was less competent in a lot of different ways. Uh, but for people who who have been living under a um, Attack on Titan sized boulder or a rock and don't know what sort of online is, it, at the launch of the game. 10,000 people had connected themselves to the virtual reality of Sword Art Online, and the plot takes a twist when people realize that they can't quit the game. Soon after the players realize that there's no escape, the creator of the game makes an appearance in the virtual world of the game and warns everyone that if they forcibly quit the game or die in the game, they'll die in real life. Protagonist Kirito, who is a pro gamer and was present for the beta launch of Sword Art Online, starts planning to clear levels as soon as possible. Uh, throughout his quest to finish the game, he meets many friends and also a love interest, Asuna. The plot uh, and the whole premise of the show are remarkably unique and quite believable in some futuristic sense. Um, if you're a fan of Sword Art Online, you, you must have seen the hate for it all over the internet. It, it, you can't escape it. Um... But why do people hate the show so much? You know, what is it? Is it the plot? Is it Kirito Asuna? Is it the characters? Is it some mismatch? Is it just all of it? No, what is it exactly? But Sword Art Online um, is a virtual MMO MMO game that people connect to through a VR headset known as, known as a nerve gear. And the nerve gear is connected to your head from where it detects every nerve in your body and paralyzes it. Paralyzes it. So it can gain control. Um, so you can gain control of it in the game. Um, if you're wondering why people hate Sword Online, even though it has a really strong plot off the jump, at least, or at least has a strong premise. I should say a strong premise. Premise and plot are two different things for me, but I hope you all hear. The show had potential. Um, it had a lot of potential in the start. And with a good and strong storyline, but the end, it's reduced to a run-of-the-mill popcorn kind of anime. Um, Sword Online is an MMO game. Uh, and any MMO player will find an Aincrad ALO system very absurd. You know, Even if you count Sword Online as a VR MMO, it is not something that gamers would really like. Um, like I said, it's a very interesting anime in the beginning. But however, the story goes a little downhill and it becomes a little redundant after the first half of season one. And, and that's why it's, I th at least that's where I think where some of the hatred comes in. Um, though I will say, um, one of the few incarnations of, of Sword Art Online that I really liked was, um, is, Sal uh, is Sword Art Online season four, uh, Alexation. I do think that's actually actually not too bad, to be honest. But let's start with the protagonist, though. Where I think a lot of the ire may... Well, some, a majority of the ire may come, come from, to be honest. Um, Kirito. 
our little gamer here, our little gamer boy, our little elite guy, right? Kirito is a, is a good gamer and a cool guy and unbelievable, unbelievably powerful um, in this anime. And if you played any MMORPG game, then you know that it's kind of hard to succeed without joining a guild, right? You know, Kirito never joined a guild, but defeated every boss level with relative ease. Um, and this is where things start going south. You're going to hear me, that, probably going to hear me say that a lot. And further along with the story, Kirito's romantic art with Asuna is shown more than the boss levels in the anime. The The whole world of Sword Art Online is meant for exploring, which Kirito didn't have to do because he was just so powerful, um, according to the anime. Um, but Kirito's sword is actually, which I think, I don't know if people may know this or not is based is inspired by Guts sword from berserk um which doesn't suit him at all um you know guts was this maniac who was defeated by demons countless times whereas kirito is just an average teenager um who just happens to be undefeated um because kirito is highly powerful character he's just known as the undefeated jesus kun um and this doesn't really add much to the character development to the plot it, if the protagonist is is a prodigy undefeated where is where is the room for him to grow um so next next is like are the sad or sad characters worth watch you know are these characters even worth watching investing our emotion and our time into them it in the pilot though of sword art online kirito meets a guy named klein and klein is a typical shonen side character you know we we, we met him a thousand a million a billion times, and uh, the trouble starts when there's very little involvement of the secondary characters in the show. We see Klein five times in the entire first season. Basically, if all the secondary characters from Sword Art Online are removed, it won't change the storyline virtually at all. Think about that. The secondary characters have no development and are basically of no consequence throughout the entire uh, of the anime. Uh, which is a major plot is a major fall, at least for me when I'm when I'm watching uh, any show, um, anime or not. Um, next, the unnecessary sexual deviance. And it, look, and I know anime is essentially known for being weird. That's why I love it. And some sexual deviance deviance is accepted in every anime and even anime like Berserk. Um, in Sword Art Online, we see Kirito's cousin have sort of a crush on him and the sexual the sexually playful direction of the show makes it weird for the audience that's at, at a lot of these points because of the which the show isn't really taken seriously by a lot of these watchers with and with a really strong premise the incest and the five second clips of sugu's booze make it just incredibly awkward for the audience and every girl in the anime has a crush on our over-the-top gamer kirito Um if it's kirito's underage friend or his cousin they all ultimately have some kind of weirdly sexual crush on him um next the the goal the big goal of akihito uh kayaba um akihiko or akihiko kayaba is the inventor of the online simulation game sword art online and he wanted to make a virtual reality, virtual reality world that is better than the real world. And virtual reality can, you know, can't be a real one. 
if you don't add the element of depth to it. Um, and Akihiko uh, Kayaba gave all the players their real appearance inside the game too. Um, and I'm sure you're thinking, well, and the question kind of arises in your head, well, why? Why did he do it? It's understandable that he wanted to make a VR world better than the real one, but at what cost? He traps 10,000 players, where most of them die by the end. And the funny thing is, he wasn't portrayed at the, as a bad guy in the end. Uh, Akihiko Kayaba's motives weren't sturdy enough to be a villain. Yet, as a consequence of his actions, a lot of people died for little to no reason at all. May as well has been just lazy writing, but, you know, don't hate me for it. Um, now, Sword on the Line and its female characters and the empowerment of the female sex. This bit is very elusive. It, when the show starts, Asuna is shown to be a very powerful character. Similar to Kirito, she also plays the game without joining any guild at all. And she's a soul player just like Kirito. The scenes in which they fall in love are actually pretty cute at some points. And what concerns me is, is that when she's with Kirito, her character development just kind of takes a back seat. Actually, not really in the back seat, like more like in the trunk, in the trunk of a, in the car or, or, or like the, in the bed of a, tr of a pickup truck. Because she isn't shown as any, as an independent strong woman. She's clingy and she just becomes needy for Kirito to protect her and is basically reduced to a damsel in distress um, and throughout the anime Kirito and Asuna live pretty much an amazing life inside this game both of them are happy going on side adventures and exploring the world of Sona Line sounds pretty sweet right I mean think about yourself and your significant other ah uh, well that's kind of weird right you guys if you listen to an anime podcast maybe you might not I'm kidding I'm kidding don't worry I'm kidding but it sounds pretty sweet though right you know um you know if you could you could you could it really does put us into the driver's seat and fill and inserts you know people important people in our lives our friends our significant others i'm like man that would be kind of cool to um explore this virtual world with somebody and you know you know i it takes me like it because i'm a big player of final fantasy 14 online and i play with friends and doing dungeons doing different challenges with them leveling up different classes and skills and um skill jobs within the game um and it does kind of bring you back while you're you know while you're on discord and voice chat with them doing all these tasks it does kind of feel like now to think about it, it's kind of a sort of line thing you're just and it's an aged old tradition where it just feels good to play with this ever-evolving game with an ever-evolving character with other people um when season two arrives, and the first thing you notice is that Asuna is trapped inside a cage and is being pretty much molested by uh, Nobuyuki Suga, who wishes to marry her. Um, and like I said, it's really annoying of how useless Asuna becomes. She just becomes useless when Kirito is around. Asuna, and Asuna is helpless during most of these parts of the second season, which is drastically different of how she was portrayed in the first season. Um, I think another reason why, I think one of the larger reasons why is a lot of people do not like Sword Online is the hype. Um, Sword Online has a rating of more than, I think, last time I checked, prior to recording this, has like an 
more than an eight on my anime list. Um, the fan base of Sword Art Online is huge, 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 huge. Um, and essentially, wherever you go, there will be arguing about why it's not worth it. Some people just hate the anime for the sake of hate. I mean, which you could say that about a lot of different anime, but these are but there's certain titles that come to mind when you think about anime that gets hate just for the sake of getting hate. You know, I'm talking about the um, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, Bleach. Um, you know, titles of that nature. Um, some people and, and it might annoy some otaku. Is that can I say? Nah, it might annoy some anime viewers. Uh, they have gravitated towards Sword Art Online. While there's a ton of quality alternatives that guarantee a pretty much call, you know, a better time than this. <laughs> Log Horizon. Um, but in the end, if you either you hate Sword Art Online or you love it, the show has made a lot of money. And new seasons now and then, um, like I said, especially with the Sword Art Online allocation, which I think is actually pretty good. Sword Art Online will always be a big franchise, no matter amount the hate it gets um and i think the sort of allocation um is actually a pretty competent season from what i've seen i still have to a few more to, episodes to um to finish that but um that and as well as gun gale online i thought was all right as well um but that's about it other than that i think i think we're missing so that uh, so that's maybe what two and a half seasons at best of some quality content and i'm kind of being kind of i'm being generous i'm being generous on that um and i and like i said i think most of the hate most of the hate boils down to to the characters the hype um the sexualization of female characters um poor character development um, but what's it also actually, it also highlights is that even if a show is so di divisive as this, if you have really good animation, you have a, some banger song OSTs in that show, you, you can survive and get several seasons out of it. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's, I guess it just gives hope for some animes that are, that are really kind of subpar. Get a good, get a, have a nice production team, some good voice acting, bangers for OSTs, you can, you'll be pretty successful. Um, but, the, but, um, on to the next thing. Something a little more, it's not really positive to be honest, I guess, but, um, something I'd rather talk, something I've been already talking about. Like I said, like I said, I talked about this with Anime Empire Seed and I gave my, opinions on that episode of several weeks ago so if you want to go back to that i'll probably i can't quite remember what episode of what i was talking about what episode it was but it's been several weeks since then but um uh i'll find it and i'll probably post it on twitter or something like this when this episode drops but um and that's on anime piracy because just recently the anime piracy giant nia or nia what do you want to say? How do you want to call it? Get shut down. Orders from MPA. Um, now, piracy is a problem that's been plaguing the internet entertainment industry for a very long time. And anime uh, are no exception from this. Um, Nia.si 
is an anime pirating website which has recently come under the attention of the MPA. Um, not not all anime are available worldwide. Um, as many are just available in Japan. But due to regional restrictions, several anime titles aren't available in different countries. And it just is what it is, you know. You know, we just, it's just something, it's just a fact of life. Um, and we just, and sometimes those animes are really good. And we just, and we may hear word from it. We see reviews and we're like, man, I really wish I can watch that legally. And, you know, you just kind of have to just hope that it gets picked up by a, it gets picked up by, um, like Funimation, Netflix, Crunchyroll, um, that it gets licensed by some American tied company so we can actually see it. But, um, even when anime is available for streaming in countries, not everyone can access them to, you know, financial reasons. Um, like I said, I talk, I've talked all over about this on a, on an episode weeks ago, but the Motion Pictures Association of America, also known as MPA, um, has delivered cease and desist letters to personal allegedly involved with anime piracy's uh, website, Nia. Um, the MPA has demanded not only for the website to be shut down, but also cash settlements uh from the alleged individuals um now i did have to pull up nia's response to this nia has actually responded to the news through its twitter account um its twitter handle is uh nia v2 n y a a v2 um and i got the tweet actually in front of me and i quote to briefly address this we have no plans to shut down or quit at this time if we do choose to shut down eventually, we will make a public database dump for any successor entity to use. We will not be just disappearing like our predecessor site, leaving everyone else on their own. Um, yeah, they made it, it bold. Very, it just a very bold stance. Um, and, and in a really polite way to say to the MPA, it's like, nah, fuck that. We're not, we're not really going anywhere. And if we do have to go where go somewhere and we have to go well all of our content everything we're gonna be we're gonna let somebody else take care of it because they want this you know it's almost like a thief who has jewels and is about to be caught there and they've been caught in the corner by it's by officers by police and that thief right before their dying breath they say oh sorry all oh, those jewels you were looking for I already passed them along to another thief of mine sorry and then croaks um, pretty much that like they've, they've made it clear that the website will not be closing anytime soon um, but unlike its predecessor website Nia has no intention of leaving its users helpless and they plan to create a public database where all this all their content can be accessed um, and like Nia, and for people who don't know me I, I was gonna say it, they're not one of the more popular third-party piracy sites in my eyes, like, I don't see a lot of people talk about it, I, but a, a very sizable amount of people do use it. Um, and I should back that up. When I say people don't talk about it a lot, I, they, the only reason why they don't is because um, they obviously don't want the eyes of other people. But it doesn't matter. A piracy site is a piracy site, and it will eventually get caught. Um, now, there, if when most, when, and like I said, I've, I've, in my past, when I was younger, I've used sites like Nia, all right? And not for just anime, but for movies and TV shows because I didn't have money. And which is, and at the time, it, it totally made sense for me and my friends to do stuff like that. Um, but that was before 
you know, there was cheaper and free options to get our favorite anime. Um, now, there's sometimes there's ads and things like that, but uh, anime is just so much more accessible nowadays. And piracy is becoming less and less of a need. Um, but Need is a website that focuses mainly on anime and East Asian media. Um, although it serves as a niche audience, it has risen to one of the top spots among piracy websites. And Horrible Subs has recently closed down, and a lot of its users migrated to Nia or other websites. Um, and like and Kiss Anime, I remember when I talked about that on a lot on my live show and on the podcast, I believe. Kiss Anime also closed down due to Japan's stricter copyright policies. Um, but I think Horrible Subs though also shuts down. They shut down to COVID as the pandemic reasons as well. Um, but Nia is also alleged of creating fan subs for anime. And fan subbing means providing subtitles to anime that have not received official subtitles yet. And this affects the actual creators as their audience is pretty much diminished. Um, though, through its legal representatives, MPA has sent notices to those who might be influential positions at NIA. Um, people from North America, Europe, and Australia have received this uh, cease and desist notices. And around two people have received official letters, while a few others have received emails. And according to MPA, none of the cited companies have permitted their works to be on distributed through EMEA. Um, the significant damage has been done to all of the referred companies, and a cash settlement of tens of thousands of dollars is pretty much expected. Um, and to my knowledge, my most recent knowledge, NPA has also demanded access and control over NIA's website and other management and operations. Um, although NPA wanted the torrent site uh, to be closed down uh, September, the order was clearly not been followed yet and NIA is still online. Um, and, and I got that information sourced from um, torrentfreak.com um, in an article they did uh Early November, when they were talking about NPA lawyers, were trying to shut down the pirate anime giant Nia dot C. I got that on Torrent Freak um, in their article early November. Um, so we're, we're I'm going to be following this story because I'm really interested in see where where this goes. Um, still early in the process, like I said, um, they didn't they didn't start sending these until I think the ball started rolling in September. Uh, but Nia recently must have gotten the, these notices in an email or in letter physical form recently in the last few weeks. So the ball is, is picking up in speed um, and things are getting serious when we get cease and desist letters and for cash settlement, cash settlements from from other from these companies. It seems pretty serious. And I think we'll probably see them be shut down in if not, if we don't see it by the end of this year, I by the time February and March rolls around of 2021, I think it'll be gone. Um, and if not, if some extraordinary circumstance happens, like I said, but um, we'll just we'll just have to see on that. Um, but let's not loom and gloom over some an anime piracy and things like that. I want to talk about some Beast Stars, one of my favorite mangas. Of all time, definitely up there now. It's definitely gonna probably gonna be my top fifteen favorite mangas of all time at this point. Uh, even though with the ending being, you know what? 
let me not get into it just quite <laughs> just yet um how about we how about we take a little break put on i'll put on an ad real short ad won't be too long and i'll be back on the other side and we could talk about B-Star's ending, my thoughts on it, and where I kind of place it within my favorites and all that good stuff. Um, so I'll see you in a little bit. Uh, don't get anywhere. Refill that cup of water while this ad plays, because I know I definitely will be too, and I'll see you on the other side. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place all you have to do is just download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started all right all right all right Hey, hey, it's Weepcast Radio. Welcome back. Um, hope you got that water with you because I know I did. I got myself a nice little refill of water as I continue my November water challenge. Um, the only challenge worth really doing, you know, I, I, really in this month of all months. But welcome back. I'm glad that you stayed. Um, sorry, it's wow, that sounded really ugly probably on um, in guys' ears, but. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. Um, if you're sticking around, that means you really want to hear some B-Stars. And I'll say this up front right now. There will be spoilers for the B-Stars ending in the manga. So if, you've, if you are an only, if you're an anime-only watcher, um, especially if an anime-only watcher for B-Stars, then you might want to pause. Um, go ahead and read the manga. So go read the manga. And then come back to this episode. Um, and then you hear my thoughts on the ending because, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Um, now, Paru uh, Itagaki's B-Stars launched in 2016 and it's come to an end after four years in issue, I think it was number 45 of the Weekly Shonen Champion where B-Stars has been publishing, has been in, um, in this unique shonen series really leaves behind an incredible legacy having won multiple awards and inspired even more adaptations um and it won't be long until we see legacy and haru and lewis and all and all their interesting friends and adversaries again as the second season of Studio Orange's anime premieres in January, as it will be one of my more anticipated um, shows to watch for next for 2021. And speaking of 2021, and for anime and for anime that's really anticipated in 2020, make sure next week that you tune in for next week's episode of Weebcast because I got to a pair of guests. Yeah, like I, yeah, you heard me right. Up to a pair of guests who will be on uh, this show next week talking about 
some of our most anticipated anime of 2021 um it's gonna be a great conversation i hope you guys uh stick around around for that next week but um like i said b stars i'm glad it's coming uh, really early on i think it's january 5th or 6th um fuji tv is gonna be picking is gonna be picking that back up and i hopefully the studio i hope netflix has it either that same day um or if not that same week but we'll see but Nevertheless, Beastars' ending leaves behind a complicated journey. You know, while it would be inaccurate to say that the that, that it ended badly, the series' latest Revenge of the Love Failure arc has proven to be really decisive for a lot of fans. In the end, uh, Itagaki's greatest weakness came back to bite her um, relentless creativity in spite of execution. Um, like I said, this will be spoiler heavy. So, um, if you have not finished the manga, make sure that you go do that right now. Pause it. I'll be here. Don't worry. I'll be here waiting for you guys. Make sure you pause it, read the manga, take some time and then come back to this episode. But, um, as stated to say that the Beastars ending was dissatisfactory or inconclusive would be um, inaccurate. While the sudden announcement that the series would be ending in three chapters, had me worried and had a lot of fans worried. Um, I think they said that about a few months ago. And the final chapters functioned as kind of more of an epilogue. Perfectly well. Wrapping up all of the characters' arcs and telling us what they got up to in the future. Um, special mention, of course, has to go to the resolution of both Legoshi and Lewis's romances. Which ended in very, really very in-character ways. Um... Nevertheless, the problem comes in what came beforehand. And I mean that in particular, two issues specifically seem to be common. The character of Melon, as well as the structure of this final, of the final arc in the manga. Um, and I'm going to, let's start with Melon first here. Um, I, I never really understood those who called him a bad character, to be honest. And... If I'm if I'm gonna be honest, I'd go even far as to call him the series' best villain in the entire manga. To be honest, I, I feel like he is the best villain in his manga, far outpacing Riz, and much more better than Bill and team in terms of just presence and meaning. Um, particularly impactful was his positioning as the foil to Legacy Legacy, functioning as a sort of warped mirror. To his desire to be together with Haru. Um, much like those who came before. And he was a stark reminder. Of what the carnivore could be. Um, even so. It must be said that Melon's character arc. Did not wrap up in an entirely smooth fashion though. You know as Beastars approaches ending. The villain's father suddenly just appeared out of nowhere. Quite literally after being spotted in the crown by uh, Yahya. Um, and this seemed like it was going to be important. Um, but that was quickly dropped. And it was discovered that he was just some coward. Um, you know, And certainly it was interesting to see Dosha come face to face with his polar opposite. Someone who abandoned his interspecies relationship instead of struggling through it. Um, but that was about it. Um... 
And, and in the end, really, Melon was defeated by Legoshi and taken away by Yaya to be washed over by the sea creatures without much reprieve. You know, in his arc and his conceptions were not challenged. And it really kind of made him feel like an incomplete, um, incomplete as almost a character. And, and despite starting off so strong, as such a strong character, things did trail off toward the end. And it's really just another hallmark of Itagaki's writing here. And, and the same could be said for the arc as a whole, to be honest. You know, while it started off very well, introducing us finally to the world of the uh, sublime B-Star, which, you know, took forever to get to that, right? It seemed to lose momentum and focus towards the end. Um, and I really thought this was particularly the case after Legoshi and Melon's first confrontation. You know, following the dramatic conclusion, the quality dipped and the future course of the story became, I'm trying to think of a better, unclear. It's probably the right word I'm trying to find, trying to use here. The second half of the Revenge of the Love Failure arc was punctuated by a series of just bizarre decisions, such as the quiz show in chapter 167 and the series Turf War Fight starting in chapter 176. While none of these things were particularly bad in any case, but they did feel out of place. And you just kind of wondered, were they just filling time, trying to, you know, pad out the rest of this arc? Um, and it was really out of character for, for Itagaki. Um, like, her father may be able to write compelling fight scenes, um, but not her. <laughs> but not her. Um... Uh, and you, and I'm sorry. And I guess people may not, may not, may not ref, uh, understand this reference here. Um, I say that because her father, um, actually wrote the fight scenes for uh, Baki the Grappler, um, and Baki Son of Ogre. Um, you know that Netflix reboot. Um. So, but you know, maybe that was too deep of I don't know. But moving on. How about the arc as a whole? You know, how did this last arc shape up to be? Um, one thing that became increasingly clear as the revenge of the Love Failure arc progressed and Beastars ending came ever closer was the dual nature of his protagonists. Um, from the very beginning, I do say that protagonists, plural. I'll explain. The journeys of Legoshi and Lewis have been intertwined um, each one of them affecting and motivating one another, but the Revenge of the Love Failure arc made this abundantly clear. Not only is Lewis's help necessary for Legacy's victory, they both serve very important symbolic roles. Um, probably the most memorable moment from Beastars' final arc was when Legacy and Lewis mixed their blood together in chapter 175, symbolizing very quite literally the unity be between the herbivore and the carnivore. Yet the most important moment probably came a little bit later after that when Legoshi was fighting Melon and Lewis was speaking at the press conference. From, from the very beginning, Lewis and Legoshi have been on parallel paths where Lewis was born in the back alley market but found a way out and kind of found his way into proper society. Legoshi was born a normal gray wolf 
who found himself slowly but surely sinking and being gravity and kind of succumbing to the gravity of the underworld. Uh, considering the themes of the series, this is pretty important. And this shows that the two people with completely different backgrounds um, can end up in the same position, regardless of their quote unquote nature. Uh, and if Legoshi can enact change from the outskirts of society, then Lewis can do it from the inside. You know, and at the end of the day here, what brought Melon's reign of terror to an end was not Legoshi's heroic sacrifice, nor a conclusive battle, but simply speaking the truth, revealing the existence of the back alley market and essentially tearing the whole thing down. And in this sense, Beastars ending really tells us that it's not by hiding our differences that we can overcome them. Rather, it's by understanding them. And then after understanding them, accepting them that we can better coexist. And I can't think I really can't think of a better message for the world as a whole right now other than, than that message right there. Um, so does Beastars ending prove satisfactory? Yeah, I, th I think so. Despite all the problems, despite all the bumps along the way. Paru Itagaki nailed the thematic conclusion of her series and ultimately delivered a more impactful story because of it. Could the series have continued longer? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Were there things left resolved? Oh, 100%. But these problems can be rem remedied in a subsequent spin-offs, which will no doubt come after the return of the Beast Complex. Um, Because I, I, I'm pretty sure that was, like I said, after the kind of the mixed responses from the fans after the Beastars ending, um, Beast Complex will return. Um, I'm not sure exactly when. I can't. I don't know if I have the dates in front of me. I don't believe so. Um, actually, I do have it. Actually, um, that the Beastars will return. Beast Complex will return in January of next year, alongside with the season two of Beastars. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be getting some more. So I'm sure we'll be getting some more uh, Legacy and Lewis action, or or at least some other characters spotlighted. Um, but with this, Beastars has come to a satisfactory, if imperfect, end. Um, and I'm sure me and well, I I can't say we because uh, my uh, my lovely co-host Bo isn't really the biggest fan of uh, Beastars as you probably have caught on to, but I'm at least looking forward to. Paru Itagaki's next work. But um, you can pick up Big Beastars in English via the Viz Media uh, manga app as well. Make sure you do that. And thank you. That's that's actually going to wrap up today's show. It's Now, you're probably saying, wow, that's this has been a pretty quick episode. It is. And I'm sorry, but don't worry. Um, there's more content to be had. Like I said, um, if you've liked this content, you can find more content of like this and even more with no ads on uh, my Patreon, on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Weebcast Show. If you pledge to the Patreon right now, this second, like I said, I got three tiers. And the first tier alone, the cheapest tier, which is only a dollar a month, you get a lot of cool things. You know what I'm saying? You get ad free episodes, you get bonus ad free content. 
you get episodes early. You don't have to wait till every Friday to get the episodes. I can have the episodes out to you by Wednesday, if not earlier. Um, if you want to add a dollar more, you get so much more content. You get bonus shows. You're going to be getting a lot more content from Bo um, exclusively if you go one tier up. And the third tier is where it's only $3 a month. And you get to get closer to me and Bo. You get behind-the-scenes content, Q&As. You get to connect with us a lot more. You get to pick topics and all that good and juicy stuff and much more. Like I said, check it out on patreon.com forward slash weebcastshow. Um, this has been C-Dub, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Marie, a.k.a. The Independent Variable, a.k.a. Mr. I think he's in time. I think he's I think I'm due for a good long nap. Um, this has been Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show on the Internet. I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely, lovely uh, weekend. Um, and I'll see you guys next week with a super great episode with a pair of guests. Like I said before, that um, we're going to be talking about some our most anticipated anime of 2021. And it's going to be a great episode. I think you guys are going to freaking love it. Um, but that's all for me. Thank you for allowing my voice and into your ears and into your home. I will see you guys next week. I'm out of 3000. See ya. <laughs>